All right, let's go ahead and get started. So thank you and welcome everybody to the, what is it, March meeting of the Denver Astrology Group. If this is your first meeting, we always meet here on the second Saturday of each month, always at 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. here at the Mercury Cafe. So sometimes we schedule our meetings kind of late because we're always trying to like catch speakers who are coming through from out of town and like to keep things somewhat flexible. But if you sign up for our page on meetup.com, then you'll always get the notice as soon as it goes out about the next meeting. And you can pretty much guarantee that there's always going to be a meeting here on the second Saturday of each month, even if we schedule it extremely late in some instances. So uh, any announcements before we get started? Um, as we mentioned in a couple of the recent meetings, the ESAR, so um, what's the what's the whole name? The of International yeah. Society for Astrological Research. So they're one of the um, big organizations that puts on conferences every couple of years. And the next one is going to be next September 2020, actually here in Colorado. It's going to be in Westminster. Um, so that's really exciting because it's going to be very accessible for all of us local people. Um, if you are an ESAR member, um, the ballots should go out soon and to vote on talks you'd actually like to hear. They're going to choose about half of the talks that way as member votes. So keep an eye out for that if you are an ESAR member and kind of vote for the ones you want to hear next year. Yeah. And so basically, all you have to do is sign up for a membership. And that's really important just because uh, it's going to be here and everybody's going to want to be at that conference. So basically, everybody should become a member now because then you're going to literally get to choose which talks are going to be at that conference in one year's time. And it's going to be astrologers, like all the best astrologers flying in, not just from the US, but from all over the world to Denver for this conference. They're shooting for 700 to 800 people. So this is going to be a pretty big conference and it should be a lot of fun. So pretty soon we should be able to announce other things for scholarships and also volunteer opportunities for local astrologers because they're going to need some help with groundwork uh, locally to set this thing up. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, any other announcements? No, uh, we're always looking for speakers. So if anybody uh, has any interesting lecture topics you're interested in presenting and you want to make a pitch to us, just send a, a either myself or Lisa an email. Uh, or if you know any local astrologers, we realized recently that there's actually a lot of local astrologers in Denver that aren't aware of the group or that are practicing privately that could give a lecture but just aren't aware that this lecture space is available. So if you know any local astrologers that might be good for giving a talk, please let us know. Mm -hmm. And if you or someone you know is kind of nervous about giving a first talk, if you haven't done it before, we've also had meetings in the past where we give like two three or four um, short talks. So you can kind of like dip your toe in the water, just do like a 20 minute, 30 minute talk. Um, so we're always looking for that as well. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into our meeting topic for today. So as many of you know, uh, the planet Uranus just completed a nearly decade long transit through the sign of Aries over the past week. And it ingressed or moved into this tropical zodiacal sign of Taurus for what, the next seven or eight years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, till 2026. All right. So today, what we want to do is this is a bit of an experimental meeting. We want to try to give people an idea of what this upcoming transit of Uranus through Taurus is going to be like, but not just from a mundane sense. A lot of astrologers will talk about Uranus and Taurus in very broad sort of not generic terms, but they'll talk about it in, in a worldly sense of like what world themes they expect to come up with Uranus and Taurus. And what I want to do here is try to personalize or get some sense of what this transit will mean for each of you in your lives personally over the course of the next decade. 
um, by first talking a little bit conceptually about what we would expect a Uranus transit to be like through different parts of the chart, but then secondarily, not just talking about it abstractly or conceptually, but hopefully getting some story stories from audience members about how they've experienced certain Uranus transits in the past. So we're going to try to focus this, we're going to anchor this primarily by talking about the transit of Uranus through different houses, through each of the 12 houses, which represent different areas of a person's life and different sectors of the chart. And that's going to be our primary frame of reference. And one of the ways that you can think about this, um, regardless of what your approach to astrology is, is that... Um, so the way Lisa and I approach it, for example, is that we're usually looking at charts through the lens of whole sign houses, where first you identify what sign the ascendant is located in, and whatever sign that is becomes the first house from zero to 30 degrees of that sign, and then the sign that follows the rising sign becomes the second house, the sign after that becomes the third house, and so on and so forth. How many people are already familiar with whole sign houses? Could you raise your hand? Okay, at least 75% of the room, give or take, if not more. Good. That makes things easier. So if you're using whole sign houses, one of the things that you realize about transits is that as soon as a planet moves into a new sign, it's also moving into a new house. And that's one of the ways that you can test whole sign houses to see if it works is if there's a shift in some of the topics and some of the themes in your life not long after a planet makes a sign ingress. And I'd, I'd say that's one of the more compelling sort of things about whole sign houses that people can actually test out and validate in their practice. Would you guys agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted everyone to do right now at the beginning of this meeting is to think about what whole sign house Uranus has just moved into, if it just moved into Taurus uh, in your own personal chart, and to start to think about some of the topics associated with that house. And at some point, hopefully, we'll get to that house and talk about transits of Uranus through that and hopefully give you some preview of what you might expect or what themes or events or circumstances you could anticipate might be coming up over the course of the next decade. Um, other preliminary stuff. I should have, at the very beginning, stopped and introduced everybody um, to introduce you to our panel. So do you want to start by introducing yourself, Lisa? Sure. Uh, my name is Lisa Scheim. I'm the co-organizer co of the Denver Astrology Group. Um, uh, local astrologer here in Denver, kind of mix uh, modern and Hellenistic astrology in my practice. Um, I am Eugenia Crock. I'm an astrologer as well. <laughs> and a, a, a psychotherapist, actually. So I meld psychotherapy and astrology. Um, I'm Joy Vernon, and I am a tarot reader and astrologer um, at Isis Books here in Denver. Awesome. And I'm Chris Brennan, and I'm the host of the Astrology Podcast. I did want to say that we're recording this today and may release it as a podcast episode in the future. So I want to encourage people to share their stories. And we've got a microphone up front where we're actually going to have people come up. And if you have a good story about a Uranus transit, to share it with us. But I just wanted to say, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, since we are recording it, you have to be comfortable having your uh, story shared with a larger audience outside of this. Otherwise, you probably shouldn't share it publicly in this meeting. Okay, so um, we're talking about whole sign houses, the transit of Uranus through the house. Uh, now, it's okay if you don't use whole sign houses. Um, that's just going to give you a rough approximation, at least, uh, with Uranus moving into this new sign of something that you could anticipate as being a shift in your chart. 
Uh, but it's going to become more intense as the transit of Uranus gets closer to certain personal planets or certain sensitive points in your chart as it moves through Taurus over the course of the next seven or eight years, right? Yeah. So um, you'll start to notice something when it goes into the sign and into that new house. Um, but if it starts to get close to a planet, it starts to get close like to the ascendant, midheaven, different degrees like that, um, then that will you'll notice it a lot more vividly. Right. So I don't want to give people the false impression that, um, you know, because Uranus went into Taurus last Wednesday, that your entire life should have changed already in the, <laughs> the sector of your chart indicated yeah. by that whole sign house. That's not the case. But instead, what you'll see is certain themes will start to change and start to develop gradually from this point forward. And then they'll peak or become more intense when Uranus starts hitting certain personal planets or points in your chart exactly by degree. Um, now, the other thing we should mention is that this isn't, um, while Uranus just made its final ingress into Taurus, uh, it already dipped into Taurus last year, and we actually got a preview of what this entire decade-long transit is going to look like for about, what was like six months last year? Um, about five-ish. So, so it was mid-May 2018 till early November 2018. Right. So Uranus went in in May of last year uh, into Taurus and dipped into that house in your chart. And then it stationed, I think, at like two degrees a few months later, and then retrograded back out and went into Aries. So you should think of that time period between, what was it, May and October? Yeah, basically. Between May and October and some of the events and circumstances that were happening in your life, even if they were somewhat subtle ones that didn't fully manifest in a major change, those could be a sort of preview or a foreshadowing of some major events to come over the course of the next several years. Um, any other preliminaries? Uh, what do you guys feel? Maybe we should start. What are your primary keywords from the panel for Uranus? Or how do you guys conceptualize that when you're thinking about it either natally in a chart or especially in terms of its transits? Have you, have you guys, like Eugenia, have you ever had any major Uranus transits that stick out to you you remember in your mind? Yeah. Uh, I've had Uranus plow through basically every planet in my chart. And I'm an Aquarius, so it's awesome. I love Uranus very, very much. I've had him on my sun, and now he's hitting my moon um, at the moment. Um, can you hear me? Just move it a little yeah, closer a little if you closer can. To you. Like this, Stan. Uh, oh, that's a little bit better. Uh, I actually have Uranus exactly conjunct my Jupiter and Sagittarius to the minute. Okay. So I'm tight with Uranus. Um, and I guess to be to look at it from uh, the perspective I look at Uranus is I look at it as like the typical breakdown, breakthrough, all of that stuff. But I really think of Uranus as genius. So there's a lot of I find in the natal chart, but also by transit, there's a lot of obsession wherever Uranus might be. So, uh, for example, he's been in the first an uh, Aries for the last you know handful of years, and there's been an obsession on the self, right? So selfies and uh, and an explosion of technologies around identity. Our identity has absolutely transformed in the last eight years where we all have now two lives, right? We have the identity of me talking to you right now, but I just took a live video just before and there's like maybe, you know, hundreds of people watching this who are not here, right? Who are watching the second part of my identity right now. So uh, obviously technology has a lot to do with Uranus, but uh, it has a lot to do with that obsession. And as a Uranian human being an Aquarius, uh, 
I love him because he's the great liberator as well. Um, so I had him when he was on my son in the ninth house, the house of foreign travel, uh, for example, um, I was living in a hippie commune in Australia and I wound up traveling the world and I went to about seven countries at that time. And that was when I learned about counseling and, um, astrology, reflexology, things like that when I was 20, 20, 21 years old. And it totally changed the course of my life and liberated me from, you know, the ideas of living in America and opened up my consciousness to the world at the time. Um, so I love, I love him. He's crazy. Yeah. He's a bit intense, but I love him. <laughs> yeah. And those are the types of stories like that simple, um, observation of how that went in your life where Uranus went through your ninth house and you had yeah. some of those radical changes in the context of ninth house areas of your life, like travel mm -hmm. and philosophy and, and astrology and things and, like that. And I was a philosophy major in college before, prior to that. And the philosophy major is what made me, and 9-11 happened also. Um, and that's what got me interested in philosophy. And so I had to go see what was going on in the world. How could 9-11 happen? And I joined the philosophy um, uh, sect in, in college and I took graduate school programs in it. And then it was the philosophers who said, you need to go see the world to develop a good idea of it. And so I did. Nice. So, yeah. so those are the types of stories that I'd like to focus on and share today, uh, especially from the audience to whatever extent we can, is focusing on and, and start to think about like a past transit of Uranus that was important in your life and changed your life in some significant way that you feel comfortable sharing with the group. Um, especially a transit of Uranus through a house, but also if you can think of a transit of Uranus to a specific planet or a sensitive point in your chart, like the ascendant or the midheaven or the descendant or the IC. Um, so for example, one of my most memorable Uranus transits is that Uranus hit my ascendant at 17 Aquarius when I was about 15 years old, and that was when I discovered astrology. So that was a really notable, unexpected sudden and somewhat radical change in my life direction and my focus in life when the planet Uranus came to that sensitive point in my chart, which is the ascendant. Um, so I'd be curious to hear other people's experiences with things like that, like a Uranus transit to the ascendant or the midheaven or the descendant of the IC, as well as personal planets, because there's some people, for example, if you have um, fixed signs if like Taurus is your rising sign, if your ascendant is in Taurus, then that means Uranus is going to conjoin your ascendant at some point in the next seven years. Uh, or if your midheaven is in Taurus, that means that Uranus is going to conjoin your midheaven at some point in the next seven years. And that could indicate some pretty radical changes in your career and overall life direction. Um, do you guys have, Lisa, do you have any notable Uranus transits? Yeah. Um, let's see. When Uranus hit my IC, um, so the sensitive point um, with regard to home and, and family, um, I suddenly moved back into my parents' house for like a year, even though I'd already been moved out for quite a while. And my wording at the time, I didn't know almost any astrology. My wording at the time for the reason was, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And therefore, if I shake up where I live, maybe that will shake up other things as well. <laughs> and that's like a per perfect, you know, um, Uranus type of um, thinking. And then after a year, I decided fairly spontaneously to move out west here for grad school. And that's been like a, a longstanding thing. I've lived here ever since for many years. So, um, yeah, so sudden changes with regard to home. Yeah, and maybe we should define some keywords for Uranus before we go any further. So 
um, one of the the keywords that you just used was like sudden, radical, and somewhat rapid changes in the life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So things moving more quickly than you're expecting or that you're used to, um, you know, either or both of those. Um, I would say also like restlessness, like things that were that house or topics of that house were okay with you up to that point, um, suddenly feel like you have to do something different. And I think different is probably the one of the biggest keywords, right? For Uranus, it's like making a change, doing something different than you were doing. And so while Uranus is associated with things that are kind of eccentric or off, you know, off the wall or offbeat, um, it can be those things. But the real I think the real core is difference. And so if that's different for you, then it might be might look off ball. But if you've been doing things like that, too, already looking kind of off ball or already doing things in your life that are very eccentric, it could be a change from that. So it's just about change and innovating in your life. Yeah, change, innovation. What are some keywords that you use for Uranus Joy? Um, I think we've covered uh, quite a lot of them. I think especially, I don't know, I really have, when Uranus was in Aries, I was using freedom quite a bit, but it was partly because the two of those together really desired that like intense amount of freedom. Um, but yeah, unexpected is another one that, that comes up frequently with Uranus. Um, uh, the, I, I tend to work with it primarily considering it that sky god or to represent the heavens and especially moving into Taurus, which is the earth mother, we, we get quite that contra contrast there. So that's um, part of that kind of heavenly uh, upper level intellectual, some of those types of things uh, come to mind uh, with Uranus. Sure. Yeah, I like that idea that you mentioned of freedom or like liberation. Yeah. And that ties back into something Lisa was saying, but the sometimes the sudden need for liberation in some part of your life where you feel that up till now you've been restrained or held back in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some other major themes? Um, technology often comes up quite a bit. Um, so using technology in what area of your, whatever area of your life it's transiting is, is often a theme. Um, I would say authenticity and experimentations because sometimes Uranus transits bring almost like experimentation for its own sake or it can feel that way. And I think that's often the thing that people say cautionary statements about, like, yes, make changes, even sudden ones if they feel right, but don't do it just to this, for the sake of being bizarre or for the sake of, you know, just like shaking up your life for no reason. But sometimes it is shaking up your life for no reason until you can kind of figure out where you're going from there. And it can kind of precipitate, you know, a sort of more um, meaningful change at that point. Um, uh, but I think authenticity and, you know, kind of like tied to the freedom idea, because often it is, I need to break free from something that feels suddenly stifling, even if it didn't feel stifling before, in an effort to make my life more authentic to how I feel now, even if that was different than just a moment ago. Yeah. And sometimes that can set you uh, or make, at the very least, make you feel like the odd one out, or sometimes it can literally make you visibly in a group stand out as being not just independent, but sometimes odd or going against the grain or unique in some way mm -hmm. is common, especially for natal placements. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the Uranus placement in your chart is that place in your life where you're unique or where you stand out, or in some sense, some instances where you're actually like an oddball in some way. Right. Uh, but that can happen. Oh, go ahead, Joy. I think um, 
I'm going to change subjects. Is that okay? Did you want to yeah, finish no, something on this? Sorry. <laughs> um, one of the really common ones is a idea of revolution and that, and, um, you know, different ways of coming up with keywords for the planets. Uh, it was, uh, Uranus was discovered as a planet and not as a star, uh, in between the American Revolution and the French Revolution. And so the idea of revolting against something, um, uh, trying to, um, overthrow something that's existing, some of those, uh, qualities, uh, are expressed. We find that expressed in the planet itself. Yeah. And just to dovetail off of that, you know, you have to think about the archetype of Uranus, as you're saying, the god of the sky. And in Greek mythology, it's out of chaos is born Uranus or Ornos and Gaia. And so the the beauty of the chaos of outer space uniting with Gaia to create life as, as as it is. And I think of Uranus just as the experience of looking into the night sky every night. It's you never know what you're going to see, right? And it blows your mind, you know, when you go to different parts of the world and you look at the sky or if you sh- see a comet or a star shooting, your your mind has to think bigger, right? Like, you know, that's when you feel small, right? Is when you're looking into the night sky and and the poetry and the majesty of outer space. Um, and, and that's what happens with Uranus transits. They, they leave you in awe of the lack of control we have over our life, uh, and the sudden unexpected liberation. And, and because of that, when we have Uranus transits, they force us to be present, like absolutely present because, you know, we have no control. Just a, another quick example. I, I picked up my bags and moved to Egypt um, when Uranus moved into Taurus and it hit my moon, um, my home. And unexpectedly, I moved to Egypt and then unexpectedly, I had to leave Egypt, leaving me homeless for a year. And then I just moved to a new home as soon as Uranus moved into Taurus again here in Colorado. And I am going into it this time knowing that I'm not expecting to stay at this home either, right? There's this freedom I have now, this absolute liberation that I can live out of a bag. Like you can ask me to pick up and go to a country and I can do that within 24 hours now because Uranus has been hitting my moon has absolutely liberated me from the the confines of being in one place at one time and and like looking into to the the stars into outer space you have to be prepared for that sudden change if if you're going to prepare for Uranus in any way and that's by being absolutely present to what is at the moment and and non-attachment which is 100% Aquarius or detachment or, um, and that non-attachment makes us present, you know, no attachment to the outcome of anything. And that's the liberation of Uranus as well. Sure. So not just learning how to expect the unexpected, but also to be comfortable with and content with things being up in the air a little bit in yeah. that part of your life to some extent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. I'm trying to think if there's any other major, like basic principles that we need to set down before we move into the delineations here. Um, 
I think it's just about Uranus going through the houses. Um, since Uranus goes through a sign and therefore a whole sign house for seven to eight years, you can usually look back, even though there are these sudden things like yours, for instance, where when it does hit a planet, um, usually if you look back, um, kind of segueing into the houses piece and see where you were in the house that Aries is in, in your chart, where you were in 2010, versus where you were in 2018, you can see like this gradual evolution of something, even, you know, whether you have planets there or not, it'll probably be more dramatic uh, of a memory if you did have planets in Aries. But but even if you don't, there should have been um, kind of an evolution over those seven to eight years. Right. So everybody should think back to what Holstein House Uranus has been transiting through since when was it? 2010. 2010. Okay, so that was start of that was 2010, and then it just ended last week. And what house that was moving through in your chart, and what sort of changes uh, happened to you over the course of the last seven years? uh, Because that would be a good reference material right now uh, for us as we're trying to anticipate what some of this transit is going to be like over the next decade. All right, so let's start uh, going through the houses because we've actually got a lot of them to go through. There's 12 houses. Uh, I've been doing horoscopes for the past six months, and I'm I'm really over how many signs of the zodiac there are in astrology. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's done that before, but try writing you know a column like 12 times uh, over again, and very quickly you you start wishing the zodiac had fewer signs. Can, can I just make a quick little um, adjunct point yeah. right now because. Sure. One of the things, and I actually have a podcast as well called Bridging Realities, and I'm changing the name and everything um, here soon, uh, but for now it's Bridging Realities. And one of the things I'm also really inspired by is Uranus moving into Taurus is going to oppose the Uranus Scorpio generation. Um, So the actual, uh, not just through the houses, but just a a quick, quick side note about this. Um, I think what's so interesting about Uranus moving into Taurus is it's reigniting Uranus when it was in Scorpio. And every movie that's coming out on Netflix right now is a reflection of Uranus and Scorpio. Uh, so I just, I have a lot to say about that. We Obviously, we're going through the houses today. But if you have Uranus and Scorpio, if you're born between 70, November 21st, 74, and November 16th, 82, uh, this is a really, really, really interesting transit. Uh, and uh, I'm going to talk more about it on my podcast ultimately, uh, because I, I've really worked that generation out um, because of Netflix. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's a really good point that w- we should frame this partially through that the hard aspects of Uranus to itself right. are going to be those people are going to feel this transit of Uranus through Taurus the most in some instances. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Uranus and Scorpio people born right. in the what the 80s 70, what was the time 74 to 82 74 to 82 because yeah. they're going to be at their uranus opposition and yeah. i know next to the saturn return i know lisa the uranus yeah. opposition is one of your favorite research things because it sometimes it stands out so much in a person's chronology mm-hmm. and it's sometimes so cliche as a uranus transit right yeah it can just be like a vivid you know uranus on steroids kind of yeah. event yeah i mean but it, you know it is speaking of the uranus opposition it is a life cycle marker as well within astrology there's very few things Things that happen at the same ages for everyone in astrology. Usually everything happens differently because we all have different birth charts, but there are these kind of um, life cycle, um, life cycle uh, planetary movements. And that's like the Saturn cycle, the Uranus cycle. And so speaking about Uranus today, it's about every 21 years or so that Uranus, transiting Uranus makes a hard aspect to its natal position. So early 20s, 
early 40s, early 60s, and so on. Right. So we've got the, the Uranus opposition people. Some people, some younger people are going to be at their Uranus square, mm -hmm. their first square. So what? what is, which are those people? What's the So time? Uranus and Aquarius, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm feeling, yeah. I'm feeling old. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm having a bit of a crisis. I've mentioned a lot on the podcast recently where there's a, a suddenly an influx of a ton of younger astrologers in their teens and 20s coming into the field that all have Pluto and Sagittarius. Yeah. And as a Pluto and Scorpio generation person, I was used to being for the past decade, like the youngest generation of astrologers. And now that's no longer the case. And I think that I'm going to feel that even more with people hitting their Uranus yeah. square now from Uranus and Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since, as I said, at the beginning of this, I started learning astrology when Uranus was going through my Aquarius ascendant. Right. All right. So <laughs> bear with me on that. And then finally, um, there's going to be the waning square people. So some people are going to be getting the second square. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so early 60s early time frame of 60s and their age or the in the age yeah. yeah so if you're in your early 60s so how many people are in your early 60s that have saturn or have uranus in that other square in leo in leo, in leo? yeah who has uh uranus in leo one two three four or five okay um and then for the other ones how many people have uranus in scorpio okay five six how many people and then so leo scorpio how many people have uranus in aquarius one, oh, wow. two, three. Okay. And then the, the last one, and this is another big one, uh, some people who have Uranus in Taurus are going to be experiencing their Uranus return as Uranus goes through Taurus. Do we have any Uranus and Taurus people in here? No? Oh, I was really hoping we did because that would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what year? It would be like the late 1930s, early 1940s, I think. Yeah. No? Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll find some interesting ones, but um, I know Uran the, the country, the USA, is due for another Uranus return once we get to Uranus and Gemini mm -hmm. in seven years, and that always coincides with some fun stuff in U.S. history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Civil War, World War II. Mm -hmm. Good good times. Yes, <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So I think that's a good foundation. Let's get into the houses. So... Um, for some people, how many people have Taurus rising or have your ascendant somewhere in Taurus in the room? So, Doug, just one? Really? There's only one Taurus <laughs> rising in the room? Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, so, what do, well, I mean, that then we can put the spotlight on you for a second if you're okay with that, Doug. I mean, uh, what degree is your ascendant, if you don't mind me asking? It, it's, it's 25, so I got a ways to go as far as that. 25, okay. So, it's going to build up to it a lot. So, I mean, in, in our interpretation, at least, you would start to see. So the first house, let's talk for, first about some significations. Oh, this is funny because then there's, there's only one person. So we're basically just delineating your chart here. But hopefully some other people listening to this later will find it useful if there's more than one Taurus rising in the world. Um, so uh, the first house represents the the body. Um, of the individual, which is sometimes like their physical body and their physical constitution, their health. Um, but it's also that their body in terms of a person's appearance. Sometimes the first house can literally represent how the person looks, how they present themselves to the world, um, how they appear to other people. So uh, sometimes like a Uranus transit going through the first house is funny because it can indicate sometimes radical changes with respect to the body of the individual or to the appearance of the individual. Mm -hmm. So this would be a good time for like some radical like body modifications or uh, 
you know, if you ever wanted to get a tattoo or some piercings or something like that, Doug, I don't know if, if that's on the table. I, I won't talk about those plans. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll ask you later privately. Um, so those are some things. So in terms of the bodily, like Uranus type stuff, have you studied that, Lisa, or have you seen anything like that? Well, I've seen um, people report things like um, gaining or losing a lot of weight during the course of those seven to eight years, um, changing like their hairstyle or their their style of clothing. Um, you know, that's kind of like just appearance, identity based, but in a more... Um, like broader picture sense, because the first house is so primary for who you are. It's like the most personal house in the entire chart. And so when you talk about changing your identity, that can be a lot of things. You know, so I've seen people say they got married, they got divorced, they um, changed their profession, even though the profession isn't specific to the first house. So there's probably other things going on. But um, your identity can involve quite a bit of your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's important because that gets into the other area of the first house, which is that the first house is not just the physical body, but it's also to some extent the the mind or the spirit of the individual. Because in ancient astrology, the first house was conceptualized as the meeting point between the sky and the earth. And the sky was associated with the the spirit or the soul of the individual. And the earth was associated with the body of the individual. So that we focus on the ascendant deriving from ancient astrology because that's the merging point between the sky and the earth or the body and the soul. So the first house is not just the physical body, but to some extent it's also, um, you might say that this is where we get the character analysis associations with the first house. So Uranus transits through the first house can sometimes indicate radical changes to the person's character, and sometimes their mind or their thinking can go through radical shifts or revolutions in some ways. You know, when you think about any of the Uranian or the, the Uranus keywords, I mean, that's just basically amped up times 10 if it's transiting through your first because it's the most primary to like who you think you are and how you present yourself to the world. And so although Uranus transiting through any of these other houses is going to change in some way during that time period, um, those topics, the first house is almost like the most Uranian transit of all of them because it's changing who you are. Well, and I would say I'm not sure if this is any of your experiences as a astrologer, but the primary uh, client I see is having a heavy first house transit always. So people come to me when their first house is getting triggered, because like you said, if you don't know who you are, how do you know who you are at home? How do you know who you are in partnership? How do you know who you are at work? And then all the houses that fill in the gap. So anything that hits that first house, if you have an identity crisis, I find that that is one of the more challenging transits, most liberating ultimately, but because it's hard to function. The whole chart functions differently when the first house is transited by by something important like this. So. Yeah, because it can really seem to dominate or take up much more of your focus and sort of put everything else in the, ba in the background for a time. Right. If you don't know who you are, how do you know where to live? You know, how do you know how to be in partnership? 
you know, oh, I don't know if this is who I am. How do I relate to my partner anymore? And and then, of course, what would you do for work if, that, if you don't a, know? That's a really good point because that means anytime – because what you're bringing up there is that anytime a planet goes into an angular house or hits an angle, it's also – exactly aspecting the opposite angle at the same time. So a Uranus transit to the ascendant is not just hitting the ascendant, but it's opposing the descendant at the same time. And to some extent, it's also squaring, at least from a sign-based perspective, the fourth whole sign house and the tenth whole sign house. So it's bringing in like home, work, relationships and self um and sometimes the so sometimes the change the uranus transit through the first and the changes in the self uh can be a radical catalyst for changes in relationships because if you suddenly go through a huge transformation in your identity or your body or your appearance or something the question is how is that then affecting your relationships and your seventh house yeah and so even though we're talking about taurus rising um as far as like the uranus uh, transit through the first, this is going to, you know, what Chris just mentioned is going to affect anyone to some extent who has any sort of fixed signs on the ascendant. Yeah. So Scorpio rising, Aquarius rising, Leo rising, and Taurus rising. Yeah. yeah so the fixed sign people, the, the cardinal sign people have been getting it rough for about a decade now because we had Uranus, not just Uranus going through Aries through a cardinal sign, but also Pluto going through a cardinal sign. And then recently like Saturn caught up and started going through Capricorn, a cardinal sign. So now the shift is going to be off a little bit from the cardinal people, not completely. You're not completely in the clear yet because Saturn and Pluto are still going to be going through for the next few years. But at least now it's going to shift with Uranus moving into Taurus. That's going to start hitting all the fixed signs harder. So um, we're not just talking about Doug, our lone Taurus rising person here, <laughs> but anybody that has fixed sign angles. So Taurus, uh, Leo, uh, Scorpio, Scorpio, <laughs> blanking out, uh, and Aquarius, you guys are going to probably be the largest, let's say, beneficiaries of the Uranus <laughs> transit through Taurus over the course of, of most of the next decade because it's hitting the most prominent part of your chart. All right. So um, with Doug, the last thing I wanted to say is just your ascendant is so late, as you noted, at like 25 Taurus that it's going to take a while before that transit peaks because it may not peak until it hits the exact degree of your ascendant. But I think if you start paying attention, um, even going back to, to last May for that brief period where it first dipped in, that some of the events and circumstances that will culminate at the time when it when Uranus exactly hits your ascendant, you'll see that the circumstances were already falling into place to allow that change to happen uh, as soon as Uranus moved into Taurus. And I'll, I'll point out that it's going to, as it moves towards my ascendant, it's going to actually aspect five plants along the way. Okay. <laughs> actually, six plants along the way. By like hard aspects or hard soft aspects? aspects? Yeah. Hard a- so you have a bunch of other fixed signs, right. sign uh, placements. Yeah, I, got, I got six hard aspects on the way to these things. Okay, so it's like there's a whole journey that you're going to be going through <laughs> before it even gets to your ascendant, and then that's like the culmination of everything? Yeah. Nice. Uh, good. Well, I'm excited to hear how that goes. I'm excited for you. I'm actually genuinely excited just because that was yeah. such a positive transit, like I said, for me of Uranus hitting my ascendant. And it was mm-hmm. definitely some things were like destabilized and there was a big shakeup and things changed in ways that I could never have anticipated. And that's actually honestly one of the hardest things I think astrologers have 
an issue with when dealing with Uranus and predictions is that it's literally attempting to predict the unex unexpected or the unpredictable. And sometimes that's all you can say is that you're not going to be able to predict the exact changes that you're going to go through during this time. We just know that you're going to go through some radical unexpected changes um, that are going to transform your life in some way. Uh, another thing is uh, the nervous system. Right. Yeah. And so I think especially to the first house, the the nervous system gets activated particularly. Uh, and again, it's like it's like breathing deeply, <laughs> you know, like this is how we work with your honest is to just breathe like really intentionally, you know, like seven seconds in hold seven seconds out seven, you know, because the nervous system, especially to the angles. <clears throat> is going to work. We'll feel it in our chest. You know, we'll feel him Definitely. physically. Yeah. Um, it's often harder to like sleep when you're having strong Uranus transits and things like that. So it's like the excitement kind of rubs up everything and you have to like, you know, capitalize on that for the events in your life, but also like calm down your body a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Uranus transits are like drinking a quadruple espresso yeah, first yeah. thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and All that, day, every day. And that reminds me. So does anybody here have Aries rising or your ascendant in Aries? Because you would have just been finishing a first house Uranus transit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anybody Aries rising? Mm -hmm. One. Uh, did you have any mm -hmm. radical Uranus associated things um, that happened when it hit the exact degree of your ascendant? It's okay if you can't think of any right now, but I was just curious. I'd have to look back through uh, the dates. Yeah. yeah the, uh, but... Okay, that's fine. Uh, Stephanie, did you? Um, I have I have Aries, Venus and Aries in my fourth house, and I moved twice and got a divorce when Uranus went back and forth. Okay, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, um, really do you good. feel like sharing that story really quickly at the microphone? Sure. Okay. <laughs> and actually, do, the angles. do you mind so, if I throw your chart up? Well, it won't show up as whole sign houses because I don't use whole sign houses, but okay. it affected my home. Yeah. Um, it, it, and at first, when Uranus hit my progressed Venus, which actually. Um, my progressed Venus retrograded after I was born. So it's backed up. My my natal Venus is 22 Aries. My progressed Venus is like at 13, something like that. Maybe it was at 14. So when Uranus hit it, my husband said he didn't want to live with me anymore. And at the same time in his chart, he was having a progressed sun in Aquarius going into his fourth house. So we both had this Uranian kind of energy. Sure. And it happened so, so, so fast, like, boom, six months, we're gone in different homes. And how long had you been together prior to that point? 28 years. Okay. Um, so that's a really so. good example of like sudden, unexpected, and really rapid change. Like sometimes it happens really quickly, and just everything is suddenly different from one day to the next. And in then some sense. a positive situation happened where I suddenly met someone else new when I had a Venus Uranus conjunction on my Venus and I now live with him and we bought this nice house and stuff together and we're still together. So wow. we'll see what happens now that Uranus <laughs> <laughs> is shifting gears. So anyway, that's my Uranus story. But I did um, referring to you talking about the nervous system and Uranus, even though it was not transiting my first house, I felt like I was having a nervous breakdown. There was electricity literally running through yeah my body. And with that being said, I'm born with Uranus conjunct the moon. 
So yeah. it was definitely all kinds of Uranian stuff going on, even though it wasn't in my first house. Sure. It was well, very difficult to get grounded. I did everything all the books said to do. Go hiking, <laughs> hug trees, breathe, take take a hot salt bath. You know, I took so many Epsom salt baths and, you know, chanting and everything. Yeah. And it helped. It helped, but it would just come back. Yeah. Like literally like lightning bolts coming out of yeah. my fingertips. Yeah. It was awful. But it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, that's my Uranus story. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, that's good because it draws together two different themes. On the one hand, you see the general significations of the planet coming into play, where it's like a Uranus-Venus transit, so it's like a disruption in relationships. But then also because the fourth house was tied into it, uh, it had a literal manifestation in changing the home and living situation. So that's something we'll want to come back to is that sometimes these delineations are going to be kind of complex because every placement or every transit a person has is going to be tied into multiple things in their chart. And ideally, you would be taking everything into account. But for our purposes, we're largely just going to be isolating specific transits or specific manifestations. All right. Um, does anybody have, did anybody have a good story of Uranus going through your first house or transiting your ascendant that you feel like sharing? Yeah, you have one? Yeah. All right. Uh, what was it really quick? Oh, basically. Uh, or give me the short synopsis. And if it sounds good, then come up to the microphone. <laughs> That sounds great, actually. Would you mind coming up to the microphone to share that just so everybody can hear you? Yeah, I know. It's just for the purpose of the recording, largely, because I want to make sure if we that everybody can hear it. Um, so you said that you have um, set. You were born a Sagittarius rising. Yes. What degree? Seven. Seven degrees of Sagittarius rising. Yes. Okay. And so um, you said you have early Sagittarius rising, and then when you got into your what was it? Your early forties. Yes. Uh, where's your natal Uranus? Um, let's see, it's at 13 ca uh, Cancer, oh. I believe. At 13 yeah. Cancer? It was stationary retrograde when I was born. Okay. Oh, so it's, okay, so a stationary planet, that means Uranus is going to be more important for you in particular because a stationary planet is kind of getting amped up or it has kind of like an exclam exclamation mark after it. Um, so you had stationary Uranus um in Capricorn, Sagittarius rising. And so you go into your, you said your early 40s and uh, you had a bunch of life changes at that point mm -hmm. that would have been around your Uranus opposition transit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And was it around the, what what degree did you say Uranus was at again? When I was born was uh, 13 cancer. cancer. So I, I don't know the degrees when the, all this happened, but it was in Capricorn. Okay, yeah. So it was roughly speaking, mm -hmm. it was opposing, it was, at least certainly by yeah. sign. And then what started happening in your life? Oh, I met a man. I um, married him two years later. We had a child. We moved 100 miles away. I had two older sons who didn't live with us. Um, I started another job. Uh, complete. It was not a uh, my ex-husband lived here. My mother lived here. It was kind of a 
<laughs> when you Nobody said- wanted to, you know, I, I took off and it disrupted everything. So you were, were you already in another relationship when you met that other person? No. Okay. So had you ever had any intentions of getting married or, cause that's kind of late. You were in your early forties. <clears throat> I was, I was separated for seven years or for, before I got divorced. It was quite some, well, yeah, close to six, several years, probably about four years I was separated. And, um, I had gone somewhere one night, and the lady did my palm, said I would have another child. And I was like, <laughs> I just, you know, said, no, that wasn't going to happen. But I met this guy. He'd never had kids. And uh, he's an Aquarius with a Capricorn rising and Capricorn moon. So, uh, and his son is, I was wondered, he, he has his son in the first house <clears throat> also, and... Uh, a few years ago, he discovered, it's like, it just hit me. It's like, oh, he's so Aryan. And besides being an Aquarian, he's just, things happen all the time. <laughs> yeah. Unexpected. So stuff. you said he has Capricorn rising and Capricorn moon? Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, that's yeah. really interesting in yeah. itself. And the, mm-hmm. I know your ears perked up at that. Just because what happens sometimes is when you're going through a transit, in your instance, it was like Uranus going through Capricorn opposing your natal Uranus placement, sometimes a person will come into your life that has um, those same energies prominent in their chart. So in your case, it was like a Capricorn transit and a strongly Capricorn placed person mm-hmm. came into your life to sort of manifest or represent that transit in some way. Mm-hmm. And he also would have been having very strong Uranus transits at the same time. <laughs> and my son's in the 11th house. So we were clicking on several levels, I think. So. Sure. <laughs> That's a great example of, yeah, Uranus opposition. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, All right. Does anybody else have any good Uranus through the first house stories? Do you guys, any of you panelists, do you have clients? Just keep going. Yeah, because yeah. we only have an hour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We should go to the second house. Screwed, yeah. All right. So let's move on to the second house. Um, so the second house in some of its literal manifestations are things like uh, finances, your money, your possessions, tangible goods in your life. Um, what else? Your way of earning an income. Yeah, your income. Your source of income. Money coming and going, certainly. Money coming and going. Um, yeah, and so Uranus transits through the second house can sometimes indicate radical changes or sometimes disruptions to your finances, to uh, the way that you make money or spend money. Uh, your attitude towards financial matters. Uh, what else? I mean, the biggest thing I see with Uranus transits through the second are simply um, people changing jobs a lot or changing the way they make an income and oftentimes becoming self-employed or doing some sort of freelance work because of the independence aspect of Uranus. Um, also, um, sometimes bringing in greater technology into their workplace or uh, that allowing them to work on their own. So different Keywords kind of blended with that, but oftentimes changes in um, how you make a living is, is pretty common. Right. Uh, do you guys remember any good client stories of Uranus transits through the second or anything like that that jumps to mind? No, that's fine. I, I think it just uh, tests your sense of security. You know, what you think makes you safe, you have to really reevaluate, you know. Right. Uh, uh, Especially if you have Taurus in the second, uh, which you do, 
urinary is rising. Yeah. So I think that our sense of security, uh, we have to be very flexible about what we think that is. And sometimes that is, oh, well, we think we have this money in our savings account. That's going to keep us safe. And then maybe, you know, um, the idea of safety just shifts for whatever reason. Sure. Um, so does anybody have what Taurus on the second house? Does anybody basically have what would Aries be Aries rising? Aries rising. Yeah. Just one? Yeah. Okay. So one person Aries rising. Um, does anybody have or remember any notable transits of Uranus through your second house from the past? Or if anyone here is Pisces rising, then uh, Uranus would have been going through your second the last seven, eight years. Yeah. Does anybody have Pisces rising and just finished like a major second house transit of Uranus? No. Okay. I'm gonna. We're gonna find out that everybody has like one rising sign later <laughs> right? in the zodiac. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a few examples just informally, but like I said, you know, previously it was just a lot of people starting to innovate and work on their own, work from home. Um, you know, figuring out ways to be independently working and bringing in income. But I've seen a several of those. There's one of my students has a, a Pisces rising. And um, I also see the second house as everything values you, not just that bank yeah. account. So I really, but all of your values, what do you believe in? Mm -hmm. Where's your integrity, your belief there, the strength you get from yeah. foundation, psychological foundation for it? But it shows up there in a second. Well, it was interesting to see what happened to her. Um, lovely, lovely girl. She has Jupiter in the first house. Um, in Pisces, so she's very bright for Pisces rising, very, very sweet and outgoing. Um, her value system completely transformed. As a Pisces, it was kind of easy for her to maybe move the truth around a little bit to her convenience. <laughs> Man, that slapped her upside the head so hard she went flying around and landed in a lovely place. And she, I was talking to the other day, and she said, oh, I can not even tell the white lie now. <laughs> so I think that's a good example of that Uranus transfer through the second house. It's just her value system has really shaken up. She got hurt by it, humiliated by it, lost grievously behind that, and bounded back in a good way. Wow, that's a really good example. Uh, was there somebody else over here? I, I, I have my Okay. Uh, did you, do you have any notable changes in terms of your your income or finances or values over the course of the past decade that are worth like any good anecdotes um, yeah <laughs> yeah okay uh do you want to come up to the mic to share it um i don't know about that but uh, <laughs> i have a completely different understanding of astrology after 100 it's like turned inside out okay yeah so your your understanding of astrology changed during the course of that transit completely Okay. Um, do you have any like natal placements that got hit specifically during the course of that, like cardinal signs, or or was it just Uranus going through that house? I think it was. I've got um, Uranus in, uh, I don't know which it is on the ascender, mm -hmm. and Saturn's on the ascender, and then I'm, my uh, sun is on the midheaven, so. Um, for me, those all get 
Right. Okay. So you have a natal Saturn-Uranus opposition. So then Uranus is kind of a prominent player in your life. Both Saturn and Uranus are? Interesting. Okay. So basically no one will hire me. <laughs> Due to... You... I don't, well, I didn't know why, but uh, yeah, I think that's a And then uh, during this time, it's been a complete understanding difference. Did you lose a lot of money? But did your income go down? Yeah, I didn't have any to lose. Sure. All right. Well, it'll be interesting seeing how that shifts now that Uranus has left that sign and now it's moved into your third house. So, um, changes in like communication and things like that. Um, All right. Does anybody else have any good uh, Uranus second house transit stories so far? No? Okay. That's fine. Uh, that's a good segue then to the third house. So we'll just keep moving through here so we can actually get through all 12. Uh, so third house, some of the primary significations. Um, you want to go? Okay. <laughs> so um, the way you communicate, um, sort of teaching and learning, any sort of communicative aspect goes in the third house. Um, reading, writing, things like that. Oftentimes when Uranus goes through there, it changes your, but the way of your communication, um, I don't know if you want to share at all or no. <laughs> My, I, no, I can share. Yeah. I mean, because you had a really good example. Yeah. I just finished uh, Uran- uh, Aries is my third house. I have Aquarius rising. So Aries is the third whole sign house. And at the beginning of it, uh, when Uranus around 2010, on my birthday, November 1st, 2010, um, a friend of mine had been doing a podcast, but she was going give to give it up to go to grad school. And she's like, do you want to take this over? And I'm like, Sure, I guess it's kind of a blow-off thing, but I'll, I'll waste some time and do a few interviews and then call it a day. And over the course of the past decade, that became like my primary thing and suddenly started taking up more and more of my time. And not just it's not just doing a podcast, but um, what it ended up being is innovati- innovating in uses of technology and like learning how to use different forms of technology to communicate, both in audio and video. Um, but also just rapid changes in my ability to communicate, which I wouldn't have anticipated or expected going into that. Um, I think if if um, my younger self told me that I'd like sitting on front of a stage, you know, talking to a group of people and like recording this to share with like thousands of people afterwards, <laughs> I would have said I was crazy and there's no way that I would ever do that. But after a Uranus transit through my third house, I can definitely say that it radically changed my communication and it changed the way that I was communication through innovative ways like using technology to, to leverage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my third house transit yeah. of – I'm not saying everybody's going to start a podcast <laughs> if right. Uranus is going into your third house right now. But definitely thinking about ways that your approach to communication could change. Um, thinking about ways that technology or other things could change the way that you communicate um, and other sort of radical departures in communication style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yours is a really great example because it combined a few of those keywords. Um, so that's why I was hoping you would share. But it can also involve education. Third and ninth house can be education. So particularly like um, something really typical would be like starting to take classes online or starting to teach classes online because it involves the technology and the education. Um, also siblings go in the third house. And so it can be, um, shakeups either in your relationship with your siblings or your, your siblings themselves can be going through a lot of changes. Yeah. Your siblings doing weird stuff (laughs) uh, is a good basic, like archetypal interpretation of Uranus going through the third house. 
Yeah. And I mean, any of these people houses also, um, you know, whether it's friends, you know, parents, partner, um, siblings, it sometimes because Uranus can be radical um, and sudden, you know, arrivals and departures, there can sometimes be over the course of those seven to eight years, someone leaving your life in that house. Sure. Sometimes disruptions in that way. Yeah. So either estrangements with siblings or things like that. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's just stuff going on in that other person's life that may have nothing to do with you. And that's actually something to keep in mind as we're going through some of the houses that pertain to other people, because while the first house pertains to you and it's your sense of like self and how you appear or your body or your whatever, the other houses sometimes aren't necessarily, sometimes they relate to you. Like the third house is your communication, but sometimes to the extent that it relates to other people in your life, some transits like Uranus going through the third house may just be reflecting something that's happening in their life. And that might end up having some sort of like cascade effect or affecting your relationship with them, but it might not necessarily. And that's something important to keep in mind as you're thinking about past transits is just during that time frame when, for example, Uranus was going through your third house, did your siblings go through some unexpected changes or disruptions in their life? So uh, sometimes thinking about it in that way is important so that you can actually gauge whether something actually happened and not always assuming that it's something that manifested very literally in your life. All right. Um, Does anybody have any memory of any significant third house Uranus transits that come to mind? Or even even if you don't have a third house transit, even does anybody have like Uranus in the third natally that has a good story about something like siblings uh, that were kind of Uranian? No? no. <laughs> I think, are people nervous? I think everyone's a little nervous to share. And I, I hope that's not the case too much. Either that or we have like two rising signs. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. going to have. Yeah, I'm curious to see <laughs> yeah, who's, who's here, you know, yeah. Right. by rising. Yeah. And so the Uranus transit would be Aquarius rising for the recent last seven, eight years of Uranus going through your third. If anyone else here is Aquarius rising. Who has Aquarius rising in the room? Just one person. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm starting to get yeah. a little worried that well, we've got all. Just for a third house, I started my podcast in a third house perfected year. And my co-host at the time is Aquarius Rising. And so there's another podcast that got started. Okay. So your your co-host also was the same thing going through that transit? Aquarius yeah. Rising. Yeah. Yeah. And then she ended up having like a child and that was kind of unexpected. And well, then... she's got it moved now into her fourth. And so now she's just like full of children and, you know, <laughs> that's her thing now, you know. Yeah. But um, but at the time she had it at a predominant place in her third house and I was in my third house perfected year. Well, and that's funny because wasn't she also the tech person? Yeah. Like you were, you were there, you're the talent, yeah. uh, not, not the, not the talent. She was also talented, but she was, you're not very good with technology. I think you usually say quite openly. And yes. she was the one that was just brilliant with social media and websites and everything else. Yeah. When she started having the kids, then that's when my, then I, uh, oh, it was a moon progression. I'm sorry. It was my moon in the third and then my moon moved into the fourth. And now the podcast has had difficulties, uh, because I don't have that tech person yeah and because i'm in the fourth house now every 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 astrologer needs a good like aquarius rising friend yeah. that can do tech <laughs> yeah. for them yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. all right um 
who was the Aquarius rising in the room? Do you do you have do you recall any major third? I don't know if it hit any natal placements in your chart, so it may not have been a big deal. But do you recall anything from the past seven to eight years as Uranus was going through your third house that might represent radical changes in that area of your life? Yeah. Um, when it went back in from May to November, I my brother was like, I just need to get out of where I live, and we need to go like. Like, will you, like, travel with me across the country and try to find a place? Oh, yeah. So it. literally from May to November, we were, like, going to the streets, like, <laughs> like, what are you, what are we, like, like going around the country trying to figure out what we're going to do with them. I love that. That's great. Would you mind? Can I bring you up to the microphone? You don't have yeah. to. Okay. Come on up. Um, and the other thing is I might throw up your chart if you feel comfortable. Sure. Yeah. Okay. What's your name? Bethany. Stephanie? Bethany. Bethany. Uh, birth date? March 11, 1990. Uh, what time? Thanks. Uh, 5.32 a.m. Where? <laughs> um, <laughs> Henrico County, Virginia. Uh, how do you spell it? Henrico. So like a hen and then Rico. So H-E-N-R-I-C-O. Virginia. Okay. Is your ascendant uh, 26 Aquarius? Um, I don't know what degree, but it is an Aquarius. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you have Aquarius rising. Aries is on your third whole sign house at least and the ruler of your ascendant is mars which is in capricorn exalted in the 12th house in a night chart um so okay so what was the story what was your so you have one sibling i have two siblings two okay yeah one and was chilling at home he was good um but the other one was living up in north carolina and just like was fed up and had to go and he just like called me and was like will you leave with me and take me across the country and figure out where we're gonna like what i'm doing at all and did you say so this happened you said it started last may when uranus moved into taurus actually yeah. okay. oh it moved into taurus yeah, yeah so oh, and then it moved back out Okay, then maybe that's totally uh, yeah. Well, well, no, it was. It, it makes sense because it was going back and forth between your third and fourth. Then it wasn't mm. just going back and forth, but it was also squaring right. the, ruler the ruler of the of third the house, third. Mars, yeah. and it's stationed at two, so it's still within three degrees of that. Yeah. Mm. So um, he calls you up and he says, "What?" He says, "Like basically, can I jump in your car and we go across the? Co I travel a lot, so it's not not totally crazy for him to ask me to do this." Okay. But, um, so yes, yeah, so we just got in my car and like lived out of my car for the that entire period trying to figure out where he was going to live. So we went like all the way across the country and eventually we ended up he ended up here. Okay. So yeah. this actually uprooted your own living situation for a yeah. point in time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Completely. So that's that's actually really important because that's yeah. then part of the preview of what this transit now that it's come coming back to your fourth house is going to be about so uranus going into taurus for you is uranus going through your fourth and so one of the in, just very simple interpretations is radical changes in terms of your home and living situation mm -hmm. so you guys like drove around and lived in different places around the country over the course of that five or six month period uh have you heard of freecampsites.net <laughs> uh, no what is we that pretty it's a great website we pretty much just like it was total chaos because you never know it's like a 50 50 shot as to whether or not you're actually going to be able to stay in whatever places mm -hmm. was so we pretty much just like rolled the dice every night as to where we were going to sleep mm -hmm. 
That's great. That's a really yeah, great that's pretty perfect. <laughs> pretty text, yeah. textbook Uranus. Like if you opened yeah. up the dictionary and looked up Uranus, it would be yeah. a picture of you living in campsites. Um, so that's great. Uranus fourth house stuff. There's some Uranus third house stuff tied in there because it's your sibling. This also brings up another third house type um, signification though, which is travel, especially like travel by car and short distance travel. That's not like international. You're not like flying to Japan or something like that, but you're like driving around different places and that's very third housey. Yeah. Um, so that happened all the way during the course of Uranus and Taurus. And then he decided, eventually you guys decided to settle down like last fall or winter or something. Mm-hmm, yeah. In in November, well, we did, we like worked really hard really fast at the end of that and then uh he ended up living here and then I moved to New York and like settled down there and it's kind of been like am I going to stay in New York am I going to move here what am I going to do since then are you just visiting here right now yeah but for like three weeks okay (laughs) so your living situation is still up in the air a little bit it kind of has always been okay (laughs) yeah um where's the fourth okay well yeah, yeah, and Uranus is actually going to come up to square the ruler of your fourth house oh, of home right. um, yeah, pretty okay. soon in addition to transiting your fourth house. So uh, it's kind of like a double whammy with regard to change and up in the airness yeah. in terms of living situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pro- that'll probably be when Uranus hits around five degrees of Taurus and squares your Venus, the ruler of the fourth. That'll probably be the high point of the fourth house transit, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that'll be like July to September this year because it stations in August around six degrees. So. Yeah, it'll yeah. be hovering right around there and kind of concentrating on it in August. Okay, but, I was thinking about moving here in August. Is that a <laughs> terrible idea? Should no, I do it? No. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. No. Okay, good, yeah. Well, I, one of the things I love about your story, it's a good example, is that while some people might feel um, like might interpret this negatively, you actually enjoyed the like freedom and liberation that came along with what you're doing, it sounded like. Yeah, I mean, I love traveling and I think it was really good. It was super challenging because my brother's got like issues like (laughs) and so do I so yeah together it was like we just like really grew a lot Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what was going on yeah yeah so it was positive good yeah I mean I think that's going to be you'll see some continuation of that theme but to the extent that you continue to adopt that attitude of trying to just roll with it and be flexible like uranus loves flexibility i think that's always one of the greatest pieces of advice that astrologers give on uranus transits is that the more flexible you can be to just letting it uh being open to going where it seems to be taking you or going on the impulse usually the better it'll be because if you try to fight it sometimes and like hold on to and stop your life from changing in that way sometimes that's when it will sort of more forcefully force you to relinquish that in some sense um, yeah, so that, that's a really great example. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Um, so that is a, a third house. So we, so we did like a communication example and we did a siblings example. So I think that's pretty good for the third house. Mm-hmm. Um, that also actually took us into the fourth house and like home mm-hmm. and living situation. Let's mm-hmm. maybe quickly run through that a little bit more. Well, we had mm-hmm. Stephanie's from the fourth house too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That was a good fourth house. So fourth house, home, living situation, radical changes with respect to that. Um, It can also be parents, though, both in terms of your parents' lives as well as your relationship with your parents. Um, The fourth house is also your private life, and that's where it's connected with um, the home and living situation. But the 10th house is the most public part of the chart, 
where the planets are at their most visible, and the fourth house is the most hidden part of the chart. So it represents your private life, but also in ancient astrology, they associated the fourth with like um, mystical matters and like secrets and other things that are hidden in your life. So the parts of your life that are more more private in some sense. Um, do you guys have any good examples of like fourth house parent type transits with Uranus going through the fourth? I mean, so much of it is age appropriate as far as whether people are younger or older when this happens in regards to their parents anyway. I mean, I had someone respond to me on social media when I had asked about people's Uranus experiences from Aries, um, said that they were kind of caretaking um, because their parents were older. And so through Uranus and Aries through their fourth, they were taking care of their their parents and their parents-in-law and like they were having like health issues and it was going like up and down and it was kind of unpredictable as far as, you know, whether they were doing better or worse. And so if that's age appropriate, that can be one thing. Sure. Um, yeah. So sometimes just unexpected disruptions that come up that leave things up in the air with respect to that relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I know, yeah. And, and sometimes there's other things that can come along with that that can be more challenging. Mm -hmm. Uh, but definitely flexibility, I guess, is the main recommendation for all of these houses, uh, like we were saying earlier. All right. Does any is anybody coming off of a, anybody else coming off of a fourth house Uranus transit at this point? Yeah, you have one. Yeah, um, I moved from Hawaii here on a whim. I also met my dad's family for the first time, like on my own, just like very curious about parents' lives. Um, so therapy, like private lives, found out family secrets, like everything you're saying. That sounds that sounds great. Do you feel like sharing it? You don't have to, but okay. Are you gonna pull up your chart? Um. Yeah. Or that's up to you. Do you? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So first, what's your first name? Mihana. M I H A N A. And your birth date? March fifteenth, nineteen ninety five. What time? Thank you. Three twenty a.m. in Honolulu, Hawaii. Is your ascendant twenty-four Capricorn? Yeah. Okay. So you have Capricorn rising. It's a night chart. Aries on the fourth whole sign house. Um, I guess that's it. So Uranus has been starting in two thousand ten. Uranus started going through your fourth whole sign house, and then it left initially last May. But then it dipped back into your fourth house over the course of the past few months until mm -hmm. this past week when it departed for the final time. Yeah. So what's been going on? Um, so yeah, the past seven or eight years. So I moved from Hawaii to here. I've never been here before uh, for school. And I just wanted to like go far away. I had to leave home. <laughs> and you said you did um, that like sort of not randomly, but impulsively or something or? Yeah. I mean, I knew I had to leave my house. I just never thought I'd end up in Denver, Colorado. Like it's very different from Hawaii. Yeah. Um, but I needed that. I also lived in Sweden for like eight months because I wanted to get as far away as I could hmm. um, from a ho like living situation. I also, my relationship with my parents has been very different. So I met my dad's family for the first time and like traveled to Utah to meet them. And I met like 30 relatives I've never met before. Um, so that was just like really revolutionary and found like my own identity stuff. And so that's something that previously not only did you not have connection with, but it had almost been just out of view and you didn't know a lot about. Yeah, I knew nothing about it at all. Okay. Um, very, very private. Um and in terms of like with that, like family secrets and, you know, like starting therapy on my own just for like my own 
dark secrets or whatever needed to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because it was like hitting the angles, like new relationship out of the blue, um, leaving a really old stable relationship. It's just like earthquake in general. <laughs> yeah. And towards the end of that, so your ascendant's kind of laid at 24 Capricorns. So Uranus would have like squared your descendant and there's some of the relationship changes and disruptions, but also squaring your ascendant. So mm. some major just personality shifts and changes at the same time. Yeah. And like with Uranus in my first house, I feel like I should be the super wacky person, but with like such strong Saturn, it's really scary. Like I do want to just like dye my hair pink and have like piercings, but like I won't. Right. <laughs> but deep down, like maybe mm-hmm. one day I will. What about the aspect to the Mars in Leo when, when that mm-hmm. happened? That would have been what, like three years ago? What about you mean the trine? When it came to a trine. I'm curious what happened to it. Because activating the ruler of the fourth is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know what the time frame on that would have been. Well, regardless, Probably Mars about three years ago, yeah. 2016. What happened to you in 2016? <laughs> uh, that's when I lived in Sweden for like eight months. Also, that's when I started my relationship that like ended. Hmm. Um, I think that's it. I can't really think of anything on the spot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's a really good example. I mean, and this is another, this is actually like the last chart, the last fourth house example that we were talking about actually, where this is one of the, um, issues where the whole sign house and quadrant house things comes into play and where you have to synthesize the two. Because on the one hand, while we would have expected, because it was the fourth whole sign house that Uranus was transiting through, because it was the fourth sign from the rising sign, the degree of the IC, the actual degree of the IC is at seven degrees of Taurus. Yeah. So that's in the fifth whole sign house. So what happens is that the IC imports fourth house topics into the fourth whole sign or the fifth whole sign house so that you'll see an overlap of fourth and fifth house topics in Taurus. Yeah. So and I think I'm going to move again. Like I already know I'm going to move and yeah, I mean, I can get into that later, but yeah, well, so <laughs> like itching the, to get out of here again, like okay. as it approaches like the actual degree in sure. Taurus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we would expect is just a continuation of some fourth house topics of Uranus transiting through over your IC, especially once it hits the exact degree. Mm-hmm. But then also increasingly, you'll start to see some new topics come into play, which is from the fifth house. So I wanted to mention that just for everybody listening, because this is part of the part of the issue that a lot of astrologers are wrestling with is like if you have whole sign houses and quadrant houses, how do you reconcile those two? And that's how you do it is that there's this overlap sometimes where you'll get a transit that goes through the fourth whole sign house. But then if it goes through the like the fifth house and the IC is there, you'll see some continuation of fourth house topics while the new topics from the new house come into play as well. And so you're already anticipating and seeing some of that coming up. Yeah, I'm probably going to move to New York. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll switch places. <laughs> um, great. Yeah. Well, that was a really good example. Thanks a lot for sharing for sure. that. Yeah. All right. We have a half hour. Yeah. We have a half hour? Yeah, we really? have two-thirds of the houses to get through. Okay. Um, so I might start Zooming. So let's jump into it then. Fifth house, one of the primary topics, the tangible topics is children. Um, so mm-hmm. if children is a very fifth house topic, people unexpectedly having children, um, changes happening in a, in a child's life if you already have children or if they're adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes your children going through like a Uranus phase and being really rebel- rebellious or deciding to be weirdos or something like that temporarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that mm-hmm. somewhat in jest. I hope mm-hmm. no one's offended by that. <laughs> uh, 
what are some other Uranus transits to the fifth house type things? Um, I mean, if you don't have children, sometimes unexpectedly having children, um, so sexuality is a fifth house topic. So sometimes people can become more experimental in their dating or sexuality lives. Um, and just like having fun or creative expression. So artistic pursuits, oftentimes people start experimenting with. Yeah. Covered. Yeah. Covered. That's <laughs> Covered. it. That was, that feels that was three or four. Okay. Um, does anybody have that you remember any fifth house Uranus transits that really stand out, especially ones that relate to your children or other topics that we talked about? Yeah, you have one? That's when I had my son. I was forty-five. Oh, oh okay. wow. <laughs> so you were going through you you were going through your Uranus opposition at the time that you had your son and Uranus was transiting through your fifth house? Okay. And how did that go? Was Were you planning on having children at that point? Yes, I used the internet to find a man who wanted to settle down and uh, do the traditional family thing. Oh, awesome. Uh, so it, you was very, it was a Saturnian Uranian thing because the Saturn rules my floor, not my whole sign. Um, oh, yeah. Right. So you did him on the internet. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, I sought him out on the internet, not him personally, but. I just put my stuff out there and said, bring me somebody, and boom. And we got wow. married, and then we had a very Iranian um, sort of a settling down period, about two and a half years. But right in the middle of the transit, that's when I got pregnant. Wow. Yeah, that's a great example, again, of just like technology coming into play in a way that um, instigates or helps at least to... Uh, allow some of the changes to take place that are indicated by the transit in your case like online dating bringing about uh, eventually like having a child and then by the time you're in left uh, I went into menopause okay so, no more. <laughs> that was it <laughs> wow well yeah. and I think a lot of the people who are having Uranus move into their fifth have had Pluto in their first for a very long time uh, so I think that anyone who is a Capricorn rising who has this moving into their fifth, this is going to be the breakout uh, session of the grueling Pluto through the first. I should um, say my son's 15. Yeah. The fifth past transit was a wild dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a comment about just who has Uranus moving into their fifth right now. Right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Just because it's going to be a very, I think, like finally there's going to be an expression of the identity that has been changing really deeply for many, many years. This is my primary client the last 10 years, Capricorn Rising. Um, so this is going to be, I think, finally some expression of the transformation that's been happening for a decade, just to make it specific. Definitely. Um, all right. So let's move on to the sixth house. So sixth house uh, pertains to work and to health matters primarily. So your job or any job where, especially if you're working for somebody, um, is a sixth house matter. The sixth house also has to do with health and sometimes matters pertaining to health, which can sometimes be like that which you need to do to upkeep health or that which you need to do in order to um, repair your health in some instances. Uh, so what are some manifestations of Uranus through the sixth? Well, I kind of think you just nailed it. Um, 
maybe we should ask for examples just for time's sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody have any good Uranus through the sixth examples where either there was a major disruption in terms of your work or there was major changes in terms of your health? No. And this would okay. be then sad rising people. Is anyone sad rising? So uh, there's three, four, three people who have this going into the six. So maybe do you guys have any examples of the last whatever? Well, this would be going in now, right? Right, yeah, but they started. had the introduction yeah, to it oh, yeah. last summer. Mm-hmm. So maybe right. someone could use a real life. Mm-hmm. Well, we got two chomping at the bits back there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was just in a car accident and fractured some serious bones. And so um, I've been in physical therapy for months now. And it seems like that's going to be the thing over the next <laughs> year or more. Sure. You, and I'm just going to repeat it really quickly. So you, you were in a car accident and then you were going through physical therapy just as part of the recovery process for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a good example. And Cam, did you have one? Oh yeah. Well, um, when Uranus first went into Taurus last year, I went, I went vegetarian for a couple of weeks to try that out, and then as it just newly went into Taurus, I actually quit smoking cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> nice. That's good. Yeah, and that's a really good, that's a good piece of advice. Is that sometimes? So there's some instances. Um, like with Cordelia's transit where that wasn't like something under your control. It was just like a freak accident that negatively affected your health. And, and, uh, and you can't, that's something that's outside of your control and it's not your fault. And it's not necessarily you could have done to avoid that. Whereas sometimes there's other, other instances where there can be sixth house transits where um, you can proactively try to change something in your life. And usually that's like the best way to deal with that energy is to like, meet it head on and start trying to do something radical yourself because in some way that will almost like soak up the energy of that transit so that it doesn't um, manifest in some other way. Um, or at least that's a good way to at least try to incorporate it in your life. Uh, so, so in Cam's instance, like making dietary changes or changes to things proactively that otherwise could have negatively affected his health, like smoking. Yeah. Well, in sixth house as routines, daily routines as well, and and smoking and eating both can fit into this is my routine. I always do this at this time. And so up shaking that up is a really good example of that. Definitely. Good point. What I have seen a lot, um, two different things with Uranus transmitting the sixth is people um, either proactively or reactively um, starting to do alternative types of health thing because Uranus being like something that's different. And so, and w- that can be alternative in general or just what's different for you compared to what you've been doing before. Um, and sometimes that's because of health problems cropping up that aren't solved through other methods. And some of it's just because you want to do that. The other thing I've seen a lot is similar to like Uranus going through the second, sixth and 10th. I see a lot of overlap with the independence aspect and working with technology and like becoming more self-sufficient in your work. Yeah. Independence in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I think those are, that's good for the sixth house. Uh, So seventh house, the place of relationships, marriage, um, other one-on-one, close one-on-one relationships with other people in your life in general, your sense of like the other as opposed to the first house, which is the sense of self. Um, seventh house can also be partnerships, 
Any other major things? Clients. Clients. If you do client work, clients. Yeah. So Uranus going through the seventh house can be major changes to relationships, um, sometimes disruptions, sometimes um, innovations, like somebody coming into your life that shakes it up, but in a positive way that sort of like um, is revolutionary to you or is something you never thought you would do, but that person coming into your life allows you to, to do that. Uh, any other things like that? Okay. Um, does anybody have any good examples of like a Uranus transit through your seventh house or to your descendant? You've got one? Uh, so it's kind of happening right now. Okay. Um, so I got married in November. Um, and I think Taurus is also like dealing with finances and stuff like that. And so we're, uh, we have a lot of debt to get combined that we're trying to um, tackle. Mm -hmm. And in addition, just today, it became, it was opposition by Saturn. So it's been a rough day. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your rising sign? Uh, I'm, my ascendant um, is Scorpio. Ascendant is Scorpio. Okay. Uh, so I'm trying to think of what placement that is. What? Saturn? Saturn and Scorpio? Uh, just the Uranus transit in general. Oh, yeah. So Uranus going through the seventh, just starting the seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you said it, you got married in November? Uh, do you know what day? Um, the 14th. <laughs> what was it was just after one back in Aries, but it had already gone into Taurus. So yeah. it was in Taurus like at the beginning of November. When did you start the relationship? Uh, June 24th. Of last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely. So like, <laughs> as soon as Uranus went into Taurus yeah. for the first time, you started the relationship. And then just after. <laughs> Like just because it went in in May, yeah. and then just after it like left for a few days, you got married, and now it's come back into Taurus in the past mm -hmm. week. And what's going on that's challenging this week? You guys are just struggling with financial issues right now. Well, um, I think it also has to do with the fact that it's like opposition Saturn today, okay. and it, I've just been dealing with like, um, well, for me, um, this is personal. But, um, and you don't have to share. I don't want to put you on well, the spot. Well, I mean, so. I'm, I'm willing to share this. Okay. But basically, I have a bit of uh, an issue with get-rich-quick schemes. Okay. So that's what caused a lot of the financial issues. So I have to get rid of that. And I'm de I've been dealing with that today because of, like, for example, I realize that I have a fear of boredom. And that's why I, like, get, like, all these flashy things, mm -hmm. you know. And so I need to get comfortable with boredom. And it's really hard for me. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a good um, thing to sort of learn. Or it's a good skill to learn that I think a lot of us sometimes have problems with. Um, that's a great example. Thank you for sharing that. That's like actually a perfect seventh house example. Um, I, I kind of want to end on that high note for the seventh house just because like, I can't imagine a better one. Because uh, that's, that's also really quick like for a yeah. time frame. And that's, again, something we mentioned at the beginning, that Uranus like speeds stuff up. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes Uranus transits and the changes they bring, whereas Saturn is like sometimes like a slow grinding change mm -hmm. over the course of like a three-year period. Like Uranus sometimes is just quick. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's a good example of that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, eighth house. Um, eighth house, shared resources, um, issues with topics surrounding mortality, mm -hmm. uh, Inheritance, mm -hmm. taxes, mm -hmm. other people's money, and the partner's money in general. Mm -hmm. 
And then Uranus transits, of course, are just unexpected disruptions and changes in that area of life. Mm -hmm. And loans and debts go there, mortgages, things like that. Okay. Um, does anybody have any good examples of an eighth house Uranus transit so far that you've had in your life? Yeah, Eugenia? Yeah, it uh, started off with a bang in May. Um, so it's an eighth house transit for me. It's a ninth house transit for my husband. And in, in Vedic, we give the father the ninth house. So in May, we found out that his dad was terminally ill. He passed away in November. And pretty much when I'm not working and doing my own stuff, I am dealing with funeral arrangements, probate court, mm -hmm. um, this property that we found out his parents had put our names on to try to avoid probate court. Um, and let's see, his moon is in Scorpio, so it's his mother, so as a representative of his mother, um, it's, it's impacting their relationship. And, you know, I don't know her chart, but if I just use that, that significator, I'm like, she's not going to make it through this entire transit. Um, yeah, it's, it's been full of eight houses. I'm having to spend a lot, do a lot of spiritual work on some of his dead who aren't happy and are causing problems and all that is exacerbated by the fact that his family doesn't seem to want to do things for his for their dead and yeah that's yeah, you ticked off just about all of the major like <laughs> keywords that we just used. So it's like, um, you know, mort issues with mortality, unexpected death, basically, that came up, um, inheritance, and also your partner's finances or finances that are connected with your partner because it's coming from his family. Yes, and that he quit his job to live with his parents for a, a month and then... Oh, after that was done, a month later, he got the same job back. Mm -hmm. so, okay. So, so changes with the partner's work and, and income, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay. Wow. Yeah, you got pretty much all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking about uh, filing extensions, my taxes. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so, and, and that's important because does everybody see how sometimes these transits can manifest super literally? Like it's not always just like psychological changes that you're going through. It's like sometimes there's events in your lives that are acting as major catalysts for change, sometimes psychologically, but sometimes it's like a concrete event in your life that's manifesting through the symbolism of the transit. Uh, it's kind of important. And I think a point. lot of people after Uranus completes their eighth are very financially empowered mm. is what I've noticed. It's a very empowering, ultimately, not maybe at the beginning, but it's very like, okay, now I have this, like I've empowered myself. Yeah. It's kind of like it forces you to take your finances into your own hands, I think, with your honest through the eighth, ultimately. Yeah. And I think um, having patience, and especially if you're in a partnership, bearing with your partner, if they're going through a period of either instability or just like wanting to innovate and try and experiment and try new things in terms of their finances is an important skill you'll have to learn if, if you're somebody that's dealing with a Uranus transit through the eighth house and you do have a long-term long partnership. 
All right, so let's go into the ninth house. Uh, ninth house is the place of um, education, one's religion, philosophy, travel, um, f exposure to foreign people and foreign places and foreign ideas. Um, the, the ninth house is traditionally the house that's associated with astrology. Uh, what are some other ninth house topics? Religion. Did you say already religion, philosophy? Okay, yeah. Yeah, those are the main ones, I think. Okay, so major changes sometimes in your like philosophy or your religious beliefs can come up when Uranus is transiting through the ninth house. Um, major changes as a result of education. Um, major changes as a result of like taking a trip or traveling to a foreign country. Uh, yeah, does anybody you guys have any good Uranus ninth house transits? Not personally, I saw someone write an anecdote that they started out their Uranus transit through the ninth house kind of like averse to education or like higher education, and they ended by the end of the seven or eight years with like multiple grad degrees. <laughs> wow. yeah. Okay. I shared uh, my example. Yeah. 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 That was a good example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, does anybody in the audience have a good ninth house Uranus transit from your past? Yeah, you've got one? I don't, but that's what it is going to transit for me. Okay. My, my ninth house is Taurus. Okay. And Mars there. And, and then with the, the transit in Aries, that went through my seventh and eighth. I got divorced. I moved to Colorado. People died. People were born. All, you know, all eight house stuff. Okay. Debt, inheritances, taxes, the whole shebang. Wow, so you're you made it you've survived and made it all the way through the seventh and the eighth house, now you've come to the ninth. And is astrology something you've been doing for a while or is it a recent thing? Um no, I've been doing astrology for like thirteen years when uh, I would I, I got into it when I was pregnant with my second son who is a Sagittarius. Okay. In fact it almost his whole chart is Sagittarius. So this Jupiter thing got him like you can have too much of a good thing with Sagittarius. <laughs> sure. Uh, and do you did you see any preview between May and November of last year about what this Uranus transit through your ninth house might be about? May and what? Uh, between May of last year and November of last year, when uh, Uranus first dipped into Taurus into your ninth house, I was just curious if you saw any themes coming up that might be a preview of of what you might anticipate from that transit. Oh, boy. Um, well, I was homeless with my kids from August 1st till November 15th. Um, I got into my house right as Jupiter went into Sag because my fourth house is Sag. Like, I went through all kinds of stuff last year. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm experiencing my Chiron return, my Chiron's in Aries. I mean, yeah, I got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a lot of transits going on. All right, well, we'll have to check back in about that uh, later as Uranus goes through, further through your ninth house and just see how it's going. Yeah. Um, oh, you have one in the back? Yeah. Um, hesitate to share it, but uh, I'm going to um, when you ran this transit of my eighth house, my husband died. Um, it was a life that life experience for me. As, it, as you ran this transit at my ninth, I mean, still at the very, you know, it's in the my In my spiritual philosophy, um, my goal is for God first. Great idea. How that happened. 
and in my philosophy, in my spiritual philosophy, if that is done, if you manage to do that, everything else in your life will be displaced. I experienced an ongoing joy that I did not know existed. And I have a wonderful imagination. I have, <laughs> I've left you in the third house. I have a really good imagination. I never imagined ongoing joy. I never imagined ongoing just uh, emotional, emotional stability in an untroubled spirit. Hmm. And it's moving, you know, it's, as it approaches my 10. I started my business again. How can I help relocate seniors for the last few times? And the Iranian unexpected shift in that decision of how I define a business, I've ended up in a hospice you can say, and in home hospice. And the, uh, the woman who is the, um, the uh, social worker for the woman I'm with right now asked me for my card. She said the service that I provided she doesn't know anyone else who does it. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so really radical changes in feelings of like liberation in terms of your personal philosophy and religious beliefs. Yeah, my whole life is different in the way that my goal has been. I've been on a quest since I've been twenty-one, mm -hmm. and I never, you know, the journey is it, right? It's not necessarily pleasure ride. I never thought I'd be close to. Yes, for the dreams. Okay. Great. That's a good example. Uh, does anybody? Yeah, you have one? I can totally echo that. Uranus has been in my ninth house for like five years. Okay. And it's crossed my midheaven in that period of time the same thing. I uh, got, and I have Neptune in third in Libra. So I got. I left very suddenly, my husband, I lost most of my family because I took up writing a book about love and fell in love with a person way younger than I, like by 35 years, very Iranian, and I have Uranus square the sun. And I've been writing this book on my phone, in, which is, you know, technology as text, as just text dialogue between two people, and it's been five years, and now it's crossed the midheaven, and now... The whole premise of the book, which is highly unusual, which is love, tantric sex as healing, and conscious death, has now, for the first time ever, showed itself and could manifest as a real relationship and the book be published as it's crossed the midheaven and gone into the tenth house. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Publishing is a pretty good ninth house pretty reliable ninth house topic. So that's an interesting manifestation of that, using and leveraging new technologies for the sake of, of writing a book. Yeah, and I was, I, I've been working with the blockchain people um, through Adam, you know, that, that whole thing about using blockchain as another new technology to publish. So it's been very interesting to have Uranus be pretty much the mover and shape of that experience. Right. Awesome. All right. Thank you for sharing that. That's a good ninth house example. Um, I would just say I, I've had a lot, like several clients, where they went through major change in their religious background, and and maybe if they grew up in a certain religion, they came out of the Uranus ninth house transit with a different one, and just radical changes in one's philosophy is a pretty typical ninth house thing. All right, uh, tenth house, yep. tenth house is career, your overall life direction, reputation. Um, what else? Mm -hmm. um, authority figures or supervisors, if you have supervisors at work. Yeah, bosses or yeah. superiors. Uh -huh. 
uh, okay, so Uranus transits through the 10th can just be radical changes in your career, your overall life direction, sometimes disruptions, um, sometimes acting more independently or trying to set yourself apart in terms of your reputation, uh, sometimes being singled out as being like independent or being um, sort of apart from the crowd in some way in terms of your reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I had um, Uranus entered uh, um, my 10th house in Aries and uh, I got fired from my job and had already been doing um, some tarot and astrology uh, stuff and some teaching um, part time. And I ended up and I haven't had a regular job since since that happened. And it was it was very unexpected. Um, and uh and it was really natural kind of transition into doing uh, this stuff full time. But of course, now during that whole time period was the um, square to Pluto, mm -hmm. the Arana square to Pluto. So it was it's it was much more difficult than just fun and spontaneous. Yeah. And um, and Uranus went retrograde over my son uh, during that time. And um and I can I can affirm what Stephanie was saying in terms of it was it felt to me it felt even not just the electricity but but it actually felt much more oppressive than I think most people um, uh, are have been experiencing um, and so. Uh, one of the things that we haven't mentioned that might be relevant to some of these trans um, transits that are upcoming is the fact that there's a good chunk of time um, over a year where Saturn is square to Uranus. And so that might affect uh, kind of the way Pluto and Uranus were, were interacting for me. That might affect some, some people as well, depending right. on the exact... Uh, and it really is between five degrees and 18 degrees that 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 square um those squares either are exact or or close so, okay so once saturn goes into aquarius uh next year it's going to start a square with uranus and that's going to be tied in for people getting hit by the uranus transit saturn's going to be tied in as well yeah yeah okay that's a really good point and i liked your example there about the thing that precipitated you because you look back on it now and you're you're happy. You're actually pursuing oh, yeah. <laughs> a career that's more authentic to you because you were yeah. able to actually become a full-time astrologer and tarot reader. But it was initially pre precipitated by a negative event or something that felt, I'm sure, very subjectively negative and unexpected at the time, which is that you, you said you got fired? Yeah. Okay. And that yeah. was, I was just like completely out it of the totally blue? It was totally out of the blue. Yeah. Okay. Well, except I was a... I did have it was a real job and I'd worked there for two years. But prior to that, I'd been I'm an Aries. I'm a I'm, I was a temp. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so so, yeah, it was very unexpected, but it was one of the longest jobs I'd ever had two years. <laughs> OK. And so you, you get laid off. It was unexpected and probably you're upset at the time, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, but the point is just, uh, I wanted to bring that up just because sometimes people will have an unexpected disruption at some point during a Uranus transit. And in the moment, you might really not be happy about it. And it may feel subjectively not very positive. But sometimes it really does 
open you up for bigger and better opportunities later on. And sometimes the best thing you can do in the midst of that, if you're at the early part or the difficult part, is just think of ways that you can innovate and change your life for the better as a result of that challenge that you've been presented with at that time. Yeah. And and it was, I mean, the idea of a major transition going from um, a lot of jobs that weren't really a very good fit for me into really doing what I'm doing and to have all of that happen during that exact transit and get to the place of being very stable in my career. I mean, that's all. And and listening to people talk, I'm like, oh, wait, because I only recently learned astrology and I learned it when, when Uranus was going through my ninth house. Mm-hmm. So... Nice. So yeah. a change in your philosophy, that's great, as well as education. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, that covers then two of our houses, ninth and 10th, mm-hmm. and allows us for a nice segue in the last eight minutes of this meeting to move on to the 11th house. Uh, so 11th house, friends, groups, alliances, social movements, anything else? Hopes and dreams, that's an important one because the 11th house is rising up to the 10th. So it's things that you hope for or wish for in the future. Mm-hmm. The larger social sphere sometimes. I see sometimes internet things because it's like reaching wide groups of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so major changes as a result of friends or groups. Sometimes somebody that comes into your life that acts as a disruption or a catalyst in some way through a friendship or an alliance. Um, do you guys have any? I'll, I'll share my example. I just had it through the 11th and that's when I met all the astrologers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah right. So I... Connected with all the astrologers online, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we and we we dragged you to your first like astrology conference. Yeah. And you sure the, did. And then you did like multiple all in a row. It wasn't yeah. you didn't just like do one, but you did a whole. Yeah, yeah. I gave lectures at a bunch of different conferences, but also what I find interesting is I I I became an astrologer with Uranus in the tenth, and then I met the community in the eleventh. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. There's, there's often a carry through from the previous house into the next house, like with Joy's example of yeah. learning astrology in the ninth and then making it her career in the tenth, or your example of starting to make a career in astrology in yeah. the tenth, perhaps, and then yeah. making friends when it was going through the. Well, line. and it's interesting because my community prior is very different than how it is now. Like every close friend I have now is an astrologer, including my partner. So. I went from non-astrologer community to 100% astrology community. Like, if you don't speak astrology, I don't know how to be in a any kind of relationship with you. <laughs> like, I can't be your friend because I don't know how to talk to you, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's good. I like that. Um, yeah, did you have... Just wanted to point out that the 11th can also be money from your career, the second from the 10th. Sure, definitely. I see that a lot. Right. As far as what people are aware of. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's good for examples. Unless anyone has a really good, concise example. One? All right, if you can do it really quickly. I'll, I'll do my best. So I had a really wild, like, uh, 9th to 10th, or 10th to 11th transition. 9th to 10th to 11th transition. Okay, so I was in school studying political geography, uh, functioning as, like, a radical materialist, leftist organizer, I quit my job, quit school, ended an engagement um, uh, all at the end of the 9th, which was Pisces. Uh, no, excuse me, all at the end of the 10th, which was Pisces, into the 11th, which was Aries. Um, and then spent a good deal of uh, the 11th 
transition, reorganizing community around these really bizarre experiences that I kept having around magical phenomena and experiences, and also around music. I spent the entirety of the 11th basically on the run from the law, living in the woods, meeting all these traveling musicians and traveling all around the world playing music and building like a very transient, fluid community that was dispersed and loose all around these ideals. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in medical school. <laughs> yeah, and now your Uranus through the 11th house transits come to an end and you can... Uh, Uranus is in the 12th house now. Um, I started it um, at the beginning of last year. But it, yeah, I, so, and then there was a moment where um, Mars and Uranus were jumped for a moment there, and somebody, I'm, I'm in Chinese medical school, and somebody literally got set on fire that day. Wow. Like entirely in flames on fire. This was right before Mars went into Taurus in my 12,000, and they were jumping right Okay, so not metaphorical flames, right? Literal flames. I really like what you said about the transient community because that really fits the whole, you know, as we've been talking about for a couple hours now, the up in the airness of like whatever. And so like having a loose knit community or people coming and going or having a lot of freedom within community really fits the 11th house Uranus transit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the more you can allow for freedom, again, just as a recurring theme in whatever house Uranus is transiting through, probably the easier you're going to make it for yourself. I think that's been a consistent theme that we've seen yeah. through all the houses at this point. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes letting go is the best thing you can do. Um, letting In letting go, you achieve freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually a great keyword for our final house, which is the 12th house. Uh, do you have some, you want to give me some keywords for the 12th? Uh, I mean, 12th, I mean, it can cover a few different things. It can cover places of seclusion. So whether that's proactive or reactive seclusion. So that's can be like hospitals, prisons, um, ashrams, sort of more proactively, like um, places where you go to be a part, to be contemplative. Um, it can also just be spending more time alone. Uh, can be sometimes like your inner psychology, like working on your subconscious and things like that and there's one more i want to say that i'm forgetting institutions yeah spirituality sometimes goes sometimes spirituality yeah um yeah um endings the 12th is the last of the houses mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be about endings um the 12th can also the 11th is traditionally friends and the 12th is traditionally quote unquote enemies but enemies can sometimes just be people that work at cross purposes to you in your life or people that you don't see eye to eye with and sometimes having magical radical changes or redefining your relationship and within your life with those that you don't see eye to eye with can be a major uranus 12th house transit um, but also because it's the place of of the ending of things sometimes that idea of finding freedom through letting go of something can be a good keyword for the 12th house uh, does anybody have any good 12th house you've got one rebecca well, I just want to, <laughs> I have five planets in Scorpio the sixth, and Uranus is going through the top. My goal is to stay out of jail. Okay. <laughs> I, I approve of that. That's a good goal for the Uranus going through the 12th. Um, I won't inquire into what you're doing that might land you in the 12th house, but. <laughs> Nothing that I know. Okay. Okay. Total surprise. <laughs> All right. Well, if we see you on the news unexpectedly, okay. 
yeah, we'll have to do a jailbreak. <laughs> All right. I think, this, is there anybody else that has any good example? Oh, yeah, you have one. I was born with um, Uranus in the 12th house, and I'm adopted. So basically the way it works is that they don't let you see the mother, and they put you directly into a foster care. Mm-hmm. So basically I was uh, in solitude, well, mm-hmm. with lots of other people, but I mean, how did I do Okay. Yeah, and that can um, the twelfth is also in ancient astrology. They said it was connected with the things that happen prior to birth in some mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, um, yeah, which is kind of connected or tied in there. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. There was one more. Yeah. Um, I have, and this wasn't super recent. At least I was like five or six. But when um, I had the moon in the twelfth house in Sag, and when Uranus moved over the moon, I had a seizure. And was hospitalized and given all these like brain scans and tests and they were like there's nothing wrong with you i've never had another seizure but uranus over my moon just mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. the yeah. Wow. yeah sometimes bringing uh, to light unexpected health issues or sometimes 12th house can also be um mental health mm-hmm. and it can bring up things or ha- have you force you to address things that have to do with mental or sometimes physical health mm-hmm. that are important and somewhat unexpected but worth dealing with right. or sometimes just completely random and transient and then it never comes back again yeah you kind of hit off too both the health thing and the hospital institution thing yeah right mm-hmm. All right. Um, somehow we pulled it off, and it is now five oh one. So we've reached both. Yeah. All right. So that is Uranus's transits through the twelve houses. We all. This is not just a presentation. This is a research project. So this is the beginning of a seven or eight year research project that all of us are both voluntarily or perhaps not voluntarily. You have all just agreed to do because. I want you all to go home for the next few years and pay attention to your Uranus transits through whatever house it's going through in your chart and write down what happens and start to um, collect together those different experiences. And then we will all reconvene at some point, maybe when Uranus goes into Gemini to share those experiences again and you know, to continue to grow and develop and learn as astrologers, as a community. And that's what this is about. So um, thanks, everybody who shared your story today. Thanks to our panel of astrologers who came up here to help lead this. Thank you. Um, and finally, thank you to everybody who attended, because I really appreciate it, because it helps us to build a sense of community and to do this research as astrologers together, because astrology is a lot more fun as a group. So uh, thanks for coming, and we'll be back again next month for, I think Lisa's going to be giving a talk on, what is it, like joy and... Joy and meaning in the chart. You'll get the uh, first rough draft of my conference talk. <laughs> yeah. Lisa's giving a, a, a lecture talk in Seattle uh, in May, and she's going to do a test run of it next month uh, for all of us here for the Denver Astrology Group. So I hope to see you all again next month for that. Uh, yeah. Do you want us to send you our charts so we can have some summary for the research? Uh, yeah, if you want to. I mean, but I was more just making a joke that in the long term, like... <laughs> Yeah. I think it's really important. I think it's very important to do these things and actually spread that word. Sure. Where because it brings more people into the process. Definitely, yeah. Uh Marilyn. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for bringing astrology astrologies so I can listen to this beautiful language and but we have a wedding in here at six. <laughs>